Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Good morning. I know you've said good morning a lot of times, but um, just one more time. So um, I've got my guitar up here, and I just want to assure everyone that I'm not going to be doing a solo. So please don't worry that I'm going to be singing a solo. But I need it as part of what I'll be sharing this morning. Okay. It's so good to see you. Can I have a smile? <laughs> Thank you. So last week, Sunday, um, Lainey preached, about the la- uh, preached from the last book of Zephaniah. And she had the nice part, chapter 3. So I just want to read two verses from Zephaniah that she read so enthusiastically, and I don't think I'll do it justice, but I'm going to try, Lainey. Okay. <laughs> Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 14 says, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart. Chapter 17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Amen. It was so good last week just to, you know, I was so blessed and touched by the message last week. And um, um, at the beginning of the week or last week, Johanna asked me to come and share um, something that I shared with uh, Looking In, uh, the new guys that came to Looking In about two weeks ago. So for those guys that were part of Looking In, um, I have tried to change it a little bit, but um, I hope you're blessed by, by the message this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we can speak your word, Father. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to declare your name. I pray this morning, Lord, that as I speak, you would anoint my lips, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that I would be hidden behind the cross of Jesus, that your name will be exalted, Father God. I pray that Every word this morning will be measured. Every word this morning, Father God, would touch the hearts of your people, Father. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so coming to my visual aid. This is going to be my visual aid this morning. So um, this guitar was bought by my wife as a wedding anniversary gift. And I love playing the guitar. It's such a beautiful instrument. And when I was thinking about um, worship... And what we as LRC believe about worship. I thought the best way to illustrate it is to use the guitar. So, so the first thing they teach you when, you when you start to play the guitar is that each string is a note. So for example, this is an E. So you're getting a musical lesson also. This is an E. This is an A. G. B. And the last one is an E. Okay. So... When you start learning to play guitar, okay, I missed one, sorry. <laughs> you can see all the musicians up front here. <laughs> so when I, when I started learning to play guitar, it's, it's difficult to remember, like you saw, I missed one. It was on purpose, guys. <laughs> so I, 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 I struggled. I struggled to learn. Okay, so this is, an, okay, what's the middle one? What's that? And then about two years ago, I, had a, I was going for a guitar lesson, and the guy said, Ruben, why are you struggling so much? Just remember these few words. Elephants and donkeys grow big ears. Simple, eh? Or or that. 
But it's, it's so simple. It's, it, it, just, it just clicks. It just makes sense. When it's something that you're struggling with, and they just bring this simplicity about it. So this morning, as I speak a little bit, and as I touch on the practical things about worship, I'm going to use each string, as, and I'm going to attach a, a specific meaning to it. So if we look at the first string, which is our E string, and for me, I think that speaks to excellence. If you can turn with me to Daniel chapter 6, verse 3, please. Daniel chapter 3, verse 6 says, Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him. You know, church, as we prepare and as we practice, I believe and I think we believe that when we worship God, we have to do it with a spirit of excellence. When we practice on a Thursday, when we play on a Sunday, when we play on a Tuesday, when we play with the kids at J-Zone, we believe we need to do it with excellence because God requires that we do everything with excellence. So that's really one of our foundations in terms of what we believe when we play music, when we practice our music, that we do it with excellence. But you see, excellence can quickly become a performance if you focus too much on it. So when you're trying to get everything right, and you know some musicians, they, they're a bit hardcore. They're like, hey, you just played a bum note. Or, you know, some musicians are really hectic around how you play and, and how everything needs to sound. And it is good. But it's important that when we, when we worship God, it's not only about excellence. And that leads me to my second string, which is A. And that speaks to adaptability. And really, being adaptable, it's all about being led by the Spirit of God. And I, I believe that we're really entering into a, a, a time where the Spirit of God needs to be more prominent in our worship. Where the Spirit of God needs to be that thing that we pursue. And we have been seeing that. We've been seeing, we've been having times and moments, you know, where God has just completely taken over and taken control. I remember a time, you know, we, uh, my, my wife and I used to attend a full gospel church. And I used to play drums at that church. And I remember a time as I was playing, um, the pastor just got up to preach. And he said to me, Ruben, come here. And I was like, well, what does this man want? <laughs> and he says, go behind the drums. And I'll, everyone's off. No guitarist, no nothing. Just me on the drums. And he says, play. And I was like, what, what does this man want me to do? So I sat behind the drums and I was like, okay, God, yeah. In me, I can't do this. But you in me, you can do something. And as I sat behind those drums, I promise you the Holy Spirit took control of my hands. And I started playing. And I don't know till today what I played. I just played. My hands just went. And that was the power and the Spirit of God. And that is what we believe. So even though we try and do it with excellence, we, I have to understand that we need to allow space for the Spirit of God to move. Amen. Um, in John 4, verse 23, if you can turn there. It says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. You see, in as much as we prepare, and in as much as we try to do our best, God is seeking true worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
The next one, which is a D string, sounds like that. <laughs> and this is so important. The D is about deflecting. So when we worship God, it's so important that it's not about us. We deflect honor, we deflect praise, we deflect everything to our master and to our king. That is what worship is about. It's about him, and it's not about us. This morning as we were practicing and as we were praying, every prayer that was prayed this morning as we prayed together, you know, and Jermaine prayed so powerfully around, you know, God, this is not about us. It's not about how well we can play. It's not about us, but it's all about you. It's about deflecting honor and praise to our king because he deserves it. He deserves all our praise, guys. Hey, he deserves, he deserves it. Um, I'm reminded of a story of a young pianist. And this young boy, they, they, they said that he was going to be the next Arthur Rubinstein. Now, for those who have been trained in classical music, you would know that Arthur Rubinstein was one of the best pianists of his time, of the 21st century. So they, they prepared a concert for this young boy. And um, at the concert, they called him up. Within 24 hours of preparing the concert, all the tickets were sold out. And the day arrived, and this young boy got behind the piano, and he played his heart out. He played to the best of his ability. And as he finished playing, he took a bow and he walked off the stage. And as he got to the end of the stage, the, the, kind of the, the, pro, the production manager stopped him and said, whoa, 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 where are you going? He says, well, I'm getting off the stage. And he said, can't you see? Everyone is standing up. Everyone is giving you, they look at the programs. They're throwing the program, programs in the air. Go back and just do one last encore. And um, he said, no, I'm not going. And, and this guy was kind of perplexed. And he said, but why not? And he says, not everyone is standing up. And this guy is like, what do you mean? He says, look over there. In the, on the second row, right in the corner, there's a man seated. And um, this guy said, yeah, but who's he? I mean, he's just one person. Everyone else is, is, is standing, is so excited about what you've done. And um, this young boy turned around. He says, that's my master. That's my teacher. And until he stands up, I will not go out. You know, it's so important that when we worship God, we need to get His praise, His acceptance for our worship. And I believe, you know, as we worship God and as we do it from a place of our heart of surrender and He gets the praise, His anointing comes down. His favor comes down. His grace comes down. You know, this morning as we were praying for worship, and you know, guys, I believe that, that, that God is really moving amongst us and moving in this church. And I really believe if it happened in the Bible that when Paul and Silas were praying, the chains fell off. I believe that there will come a time where we are worshiping God, where we're getting into such deep intimacy with God that he'll begin to break shackles. He'll begin to heal us. He'll begin to bring deliverance. If we just open our heart and understand that it's not about us, it's all about deflecting honor and praise to God. If we look at Isaiah 42 verse 8, it says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. God is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. When we worship Him, it's all about Him. It's not about us. Our next, the one that I missed, which was a G, intentionally missed. <laughs> and it's also a very important one. It speaks to godly character. You see, as musicians, we stand on stage and we serve. 
it is so important that our lives, that how we walk is beyond reproach. You know, it's so crucial that our lives, that we live holy lives before God. Now I'm reminded of a time, and I've got my dad that's, that's here this morning. My dad used to lead a, a church, a Portuguese church, and I used to, I was also, that's where I started learning to play drums. And um, so the night before, I went out with my cousins. So my dad doesn't know this, so I'm going to be exposed this morning. <laughs> so the night before, um, I went out with my cousins, and we went partying, and we just had a jaw. We really had a very good time partying. The next morning, I had to be early at church because I was playing. And as I was playing drums, you know, back in the day when, when, and I'm not that old, but back in the day when you went to a club, they would give you a stamp on the, on the hand. And it's not like these new stamps that are translucent that you have to put your, there you could actually see it and you had to rub to get it out. So I didn't do a good job, a good enough job of rubbing the stamp out of my hand. So as I'm playing drums on a Sunday, I see this thing. And I feel the Holy Spirit says to me, my boy, in such a gentle way. My boy, you have to decide. You cannot serve two masters. You're either living in the world or you're living for me. And it was such a deep moment, such a revelation to me. It's something I will never forget. That God requires us to have characters that are beyond reproach. That our lives need to be, you know, as we stand up here, our lives need to reflect Jesus. Our speech needs to reflect. Our attitudes need to reflect Jesus. Jesus. Now, it's not that we are perfect, but I believe that God requires perfect surrender to His plan for our lives. So that's, that's something that we really believe. That as, and I want to encourage um, young musicians and not only people that are serving in music, but are serving in different aspects of the, of the body, that our, that our lives, that our characters are beyond reproach. Amen. The next one, which is a B. Now, when you start to learn to play guitar, and I'm told when you play piano, and I think also drums, <laughs> the B note is the most difficult. <laughs> See, only a few people caught it. There's no B note on the drums. But, but the B is, is a very difficult note to play. And, um, and the B stands for balance. Finding the right balance. Finding that balance between excellence and just allowing a gap for the Holy Spirit to move. It's so important that when we, when we worship God and when we plan and when we're we sitting behind our specific instruments, we have to be so sensitive. Um, and I'm speaking from more from a, a musician context, but we'll talk a little bit about the application of that little on, later on. But it's so important that we are so sensitive to the Spirit of God to know when to lead where He's wanting us to lead. So important that we find balance. You know, um, Hebrews 12, verse 28. The, the, the second part of that, I want to read. God, acceptable worship. No, let me read the whole thing. Therefore, let, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and in awe. When we, when, we, when, we, when we worship God, we need to understand that we're not doing it for ourselves, as I said. We have to do it from a place of reverence and awe for the King and for our Maker. And it's, it's so important that we find that crucial balance between excellence and being Spirit-led. And then my last point, the last E string. So we've got two E strings on the guitar. 
You know, I looked up the definition of worship. The definition of worship is, in the uh, Webster's definition, is worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. How beautiful is that? To honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. If you can turn with me to Matthew 11, verse 11. Jesus says, Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. You see, Jesus was saying that there hasn't, a man born of woman, there hasn't been someone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, John the Baptist understood extravagant love and extreme submission. John says, Jesus, I'm not worthy to take your sandals off, to untie. He understood the reverence of our God and our maker. He understood that this is our king. We need to lavish all our love on him. But as we do that, we submit to his perfect will and his perfect plan when it comes to worship. And you know, as, um, as I prepared these notes, um, I really felt, and I said, God, you know, we prepare, but the best laid plans of our plans, you know, mean nothing to God. God. God can change things. God can work things only the way that he can. And um, I want to encourage everyone here this morning. You know, the same spirit, the Bible says the same spirit that led Jesus from the dead rests in all of us. We have that same spirit in all of us. And I'm just reminded, you know, I'm reminded of another story where, um, you know, my... This, I probably wasn't standard seven or standard eight. My dad asked me to take a missionary uh, to walk him home. So I came from school and then he got a hold of me and said, please walk this man back to the house. And I thought to myself, no, man, I want to go and do my own thing. I want to go and play. I want to, you know, coming after school, you just want to have fun. Anyway, I went to the church. I picked up this old man and he was a missionary from, from Brazil. He was probably in his 70s. And as we're walking down, we lived in Rosettenville at the time. And as we were walking down the street, we passed a prostitute. And I felt God clearly say to me, tell her I love her. Tell this woman that I love her. And I thought, I'm not going to do that. It's a prostitute. I'm not going to do that. So I continued walking. And we, we, mustn't, we must not have walked about 50 steps. And this old man stopped me. And he couldn't speak English at the time. And he said to me in Portuguese, let's go back. And let's tell this woman that Jesus loves her. So we walked back to this woman, and I looked at her, and I said to her, this man says that Jesus loves you. <laughs> but it was such a beautiful moment that, that we, and the two of us could lead this woman to Christ. We led her to Christ, and she cried, and she cried. And, and, and as, I, as we continued walking home, I felt God say, the same spirit that is in that man is in you. And, I'm, and I really feel strongly, God is saying this morning, that the same spirit to worship God with true reverence, to worship God from yeah, is in all of us. Amen. So the next thing is, how do we apply this to our lives? And I'm going to hand over to you, Han. <laughs> what a great job he did. Standing in the prayer meeting this morning, and Nolene says that she has been reading through Second Chronicles, chapter 7. 
And what happens in Second Chronicles chapter 7 is that Solomon has finished constructing the temple of the Lord. He was told by his dad how to do it. Expected to build a, a place for God where God will dwell. And she, she references that. And I'm standing there overwhelmed by God, how he weaves together. Because he, he took me to Second Chronicles 7. And he said, when you talk about worship, the church should know that as I constructed that temple, I'm constructing them. So it's difficult not to hear his call, but in verse 6 it says, The priests stood at their posts, the Levites also, with the instruments for music to the Lord that King David had made for giving thanks to the Lord. It goes on and he says, For the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, it endures forever. But I felt that God was saying the application of what we have heard this morning is in understanding that you, as a person, stand before God as an instrument of praise. Reuben spoke to us about excellence, adaptability, deflecting all the praise to Him, having a godly character. You know that they cleansed the, the instruments before they could play them. I don't know what it sounds like when you have washed a trumpet out with water. <clears throat> In my mind, it sounds like somebody blowing bubbles with a straw. Have the balance. As a person, do you have the balance between his word and his spirit? Standing for the truth, being led by his spirit. And then that extravagant love and extreme submission. The application of Reuben's message this morning is you realizing that you were born to worship him. You can go into the detail of how to apply that. How to make yourself a, an instrument acceptable. But if you simply settle this morning that you and I were called to bring glory to our God in whatever we do. You go from having music as your point of worship to embracing a character and a culture and a life of worship. That is the application of, of processing revelation like we heard this morning. The last thing I, I desire this morning is that you sit there with a heaviness because you feel that you need to be perfect before you can worship your Lord. John Piper says that we do not have different parts to our service on a Sunday. The worship part and the word part. Everything we do is worship. And he goes further and he says, everything you do every day is worship unto your Lord. The question.
question is, is it acceptable to the audience of one? I'm not trying to bring a heavy this morning. I say it again. But I'm trying to bring a conviction to know that there is an audience of one sitting every day eager and attentive to hear your worship. For lack of a better analogy, the song that you're going to sing today. The crescendo of kindness that you're going to give to someone. The compassion that you're going to pour out to someone. The mercy that they don't deserve that you're going to give to them. The time that you're going to sacrifice despite the busyness to read about him and his love for you in his word. The pursuit of knowing him better through the Old Testament as much as the New Testament. Because let's face it, to find him sometimes in numbers is not easy. Your song of worship that you're going to live today. You know, it's as simple to become acceptable to him. To say, Lord, I'm totally dependent on you. And I'm utterly submitted. That's all he expects. That's all he wants. So that you can be that instrument of praise and thanksgiving at the doorposts of life where other people walk through. And they can hear the song of thanksgiving that you are offering up to a God who is so deserving of it. We have communion here this morning. As a church, we don't believe that you need to be an active member of our congregation. To partake of the elements that represent Jesus Christ. The bread, his body broken for you. The, the, the grape juice, a, a symbol of his, his love poured out through his blood that was sacrificed for you for atonement. But we do believe that you need to have accepted him as Lord and Savior before you partake of his communion. A moment this morning to partake of that. And know that you are acceptable. If you are sitting there and there's something in you saying, I'm not worthy. He's saying, you are acceptable to me. You can partake of my communion this morning. The only expectation is that you have accepted him as Lord and Savior. So that you do not make a mockery of the confession to say, Jesus, I become part of your body this morning. Is that fair? Application this morning. Come and have communion with the one who deserves your worship. Application this morning is when you have that. Let it express and stir up something of thanksgiving in you. That you are not left to your own devices. That you were not left to save yourself. That he has done it all. I'm going to ask you guys all to come and take uh, grape juice and the crackers and just take it to your seat. And we're going to have communion together corporately this morning.